What's up, guys? Season two of Spitting Seeds podcast. We're back. It's been a while. We're excited to be back with this whole Corona stuff. I think there is an abundance of podcasts. I think I saw somewhere an article or a tweet that said uh, Amazon is sold out out of podcast microphones. <laughs> so it's definitely not a very original idea, but we thought we would do this. It's I don't know. I think the more we talk about it, it's more for like our personal like memories and en- enrichment, something to look back later and be like, oh man, that was cool. We talked about this and whatnot. But for those that are listening, welcome. And we have myself, Vasily here. We have Mario, Roman. We're back for a second season after getting a lot of uh, hate mail because we stopped making episodes. I like my uh, Instagram post that when I was trying to make like the list of guests to have. And I said, like, a lot of people have been asking about spitting seeds. <laughs> Maybe, like, three people that asked me. But We're like, definitely doing this more for ourselves. But uh, if you guys find it interesting, that it's, it's very good to hear. But I think the goal for this uh, season is, I think, last one we did was more of, like, us just kind of, like, talking about different topics and kind of exploring our own thoughts. But for this season, the goal is to have some more people as guests and more like more heavy hitters than we, than we are we're just a regular folk but the goal is is to get homies that are pretty influential in our community and we've had contact with some of them to to come on and kind of you know talk to them a little bit the homies that are you know above our pay grade the homies that know more than us and homegirls and to pick their brain a little bit and whatnot so that's kind of the goal but yeah um so this time around uh, Roman, where have you been up to? It's been when was the last time we had the episode? It's been like probably what a year. It's been I think, I think we stopped off before last summer. So yeah, it's been probably about a year. So Roman, year. in a, in I guess a minute, a couple minutes, what has been like new in your life that kind of to bring you up to speed in a nutshell? Not nothing's really been new in my life. I uh, uh, finished finished schooling, got my uh, got my license. Mo- uh, my wife finished schooling. So we're kind of like career people now, but besides that, and I mean, Vasa just had a baby, and you have a baby on the way. Yeah, uh, was that? And uh, Mario's thinking we're really about haven't it. recorded in a while. I thought no, no, it's been oh, it's it's way back. It's been a while. While you're talking, I'll look it up. See when it was last time. We but it's do been a while. apologize to you guys. We did intend to finish the season, but we did not announce we were finishing the season, and. We will do better job when we finish a season next time to announce that we're Roman, finishing. Roman, I don't think we have like super faithful fans. They're like heck it up, sell. Yes, like but no, I can't no, believe there's no ending no, to no, this. But <laughs> I feel like I feel like we don't have, but like there are two different types of personalities, and there are like I feel like it's it is frustrating. Like I feel like we need to do better. I job. think you made us look look made us look less serious. We're kind of like ah episode here, episode there. No, so no, no, no. We were cons- consistent for a while, and we we still plan to be consistent. We just like. We finished the season and we're starting a new one, but uh, we'll, um, there, yeah, there, there hasn't been much going on in my life besides that. The fact that I, yeah, you know, we both finished, me and my wife both finished school, baby on the way. And um, when is Mona due? Um, really? Really? No, July 31st. Put me on the spot there, bro. Oh, I thought you like. I thought you meant really like. You're supposed to know this kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah. No, I always no, forgot when no. my wife was there. That's what I'm I saying. I can't remember. That's what I'm saying. You put me on the spot. It made me sound like a bad husband because I didn't even. Well, I I kind of know. It's end of July. Uh, that's a lot. That's what I know. End of July. In the thirtieths. In the twenty somethings. But. Yeah, it's been almost a year. I think May twenty eighth was the last one. For all of you who are holding your breath. You can you can breathe. Yeah, you can <laughs> breathe. I'll I'll get to the bottom of what I'm doing. <laughs> So do you uh, do careers started established with your careers? Yeah, my yeah. wife is a as a social worker. Uh, she's she got her master's. I got my commercial electrical license. I work for Sound Transit. It's um it's a pretty big deal because we were striving that for a long time. We've been married for five years and we've been striving for that, and it's finally just all settled. And I mean, life never really settles, but I just it's time to breathe a little bit. I think. And you said like life never never settles. And I think that's one of the big lessons that I've been like learning lately, that even with adults, with parents, in a way, life always changes. Let's say even 
okay, you're expecting, and then kids born, but then kids growing up, and then you're learning how to handle a toddler, and then you're learning how to handle teenagers, and then they're married, and then, so you're always kind of learning and exploring, like, new season of your life, so you never really, like, figured out 100%, but more of, like, always, like, learning and settle, like, learning as you go, so, uh, so I guess for you, the big thing is careers and, yeah, and the yeah. pregnancy. Yeah, and the pregnancy. Mario, what have you been up to? Why, why don't you go first? You got a lot. Yeah. Of, you want to say? I, I, I see the look <laughs> in your eye. <laughs> well, I guess I'm just excited and think people that follow on the socials and stuff. Of course, the big po- big change in my life is uh, we got a baby, baby girl, baby Sarah. Uh, it looks like we're sticking with baby Sarah. It's not officially in King County Records yet. We still have the forums. I think you have a couple of weeks to send out the forms. So what you're saying was it can change it right now. Text in, guys, your baby <laughs> names, opinions for Vasya. Yeah, it looks like we're sticking with Sarah, but we're s- it's still up on the air for the middle name. Because Ina really wants to stick with Vasilyevna because I heard big explanation is it's something Ukrainian that will stick with her for the, for the rest of her life. The argument for that against that is like, why are you going to you know, torture the girl with the Vasilyevna middle name? But then, but the argument against, like, for it is you use middle initial 99% of the time, but it's something that she will have kind of Vasilyevna. So I'm, I wasn't the one that proposed it because I was like, uh, but she's like the big proponent of Vasilyevna. So that's kind of still up in the air for the middle name. She she was born uh, in my, like, she was born here and uh, she's going to be like probably identified as just American. I feel like Vasilyevna. Is a good way to go. That's that would be my input, but yeah, no, yeah. my yeah, Ina's really wants to make it more cultural and stuff like that. So that's a big change. That was exciting. Uh, praise God, everything went very well as far as pregnancy was really good. Like Ina worked like legit like days before delivery. She like went to work as not not to be bored at home, sitting you know every day. So she worked until like very few days until delivery. Uh, delivery went very well. The baby is very healthy. The mama is healthy and recovering. So, yeah, that's a big, exciting. How's, thing. how's dad doing, though? Is he recovering? I'm still adapting, you know. It's not that easy. <laughs> I, think, I think you have the hardest, you know. Yeah, dude. Like, it's, you know, you have to change your whole life around. No, no it's really exciting. It's, for me, I think a lot of guys can relate is whenever there was a baby, you know, baby news, baby posts. And for me, all the babies look the same and similar, like, Yo, you're just born, it's red and whatever, just a baby, give a couple months for it to take, you know, some figure, you know, know, grow up a little bit. But it is, it's very cliche, but it is very different when it's yours. Like even still in the hospital, like Ina would be sleeping, the baby would be sleeping. I'd get up and walk over to the baby and I'll just stand there and just like stare at the baby. And I'm like, she's so freaking cute and perfect. And I'm like, that's the thing how most parents feel about their kids. And yeah, any other baby, I felt like they're all exactly the same. It's just a newborn; they look exactly the same. But when it's yours, you're looking at it, and you're like, "She's so freaking perfect." So even right now, let's say at home, like I hold her, and she does anything with her face, and you're like, "Man, she's so cute." She like opens and closes her eyes, and you're like, "Oh, that's so cute." So it, it is one of those feelings, and I I didn't think I was gonna be like that. I, I'm just gonna be a dad that's like, you know, pay the bills. You know, make sure everybody's healthy, you know, try to do your best, and that's it. But uh, affection is there, and I think comes naturally as a parent. I think some of our listeners will remember that last season we had this conversation about people posting pictures of their babies. Did we? I don't remember. We did, I remember. I, and, yeah. and we all agreed that it was so annoying when, when <laughs> new parents just spam, you know, with pictures of their babies. It's like, nobody cares. It's, it's your baby, not mine. I really don't care Sure, it's a cute baby, but you know, keep it to yourself. Yeah. There's a big. Story. Are you still you still agree with that? It's hard not to. So, like, you're in a group message. We're all in a group message with wives and everything. So you have to hold back by like not sending pictures. And Nina already told me like, "Vasya, you're the dad that sends pictures of the baby for no reason." It is like you take a picture and you're like, "She's so freaking cute," and you want to send. I think it's a I don't know whose quote by but says. Uh, jo- yeah, burden share or burden shared is have the burden joy shared is twice the joy so think like once you're like rejoiced about something you want to share it with somebody else and i think that's the side of it you're like oh my gosh look how cute she is don't you want to look at her but then you have to remind yourself that like other people see it just as a baby but but uh, when you mention like the baby and like sharing it with people one of the lessons that i didn't understand before but like right now like 
I hope I'm like much better at it. That how important like friends and family is during the whole like delivery, you know, first especially first couple of days of the baby, like they're reaching out or like friends, like hey, what do you need help with? Hey, we'll bring you food. Hey, we'll bring you coffee. Hey, what do you need help with? And all that stuff. It is very helpful, and even if it's not like you don't necessarily come and bring the dinner or whatever, but just the fact that you ask. And you feel like that burden is off your like shoulders. You're like kind of like one less thing to worry about. Like, hey, where are we gonna eat tonight? Oh man, maybe we should or- go to the store get something. I'll make something. But now somebody's like, hey, I'm bringing you. Let's say Roman like hooked us up with like a nice slab of ribs. And like you don't have to think about the dinner. You just kind of evening comes and you just like warm up a nice rack of ribs and you just have a dope dinner. But you didn't have to think about it. Like who's gonna prepare? How are we gonna do it? Who's gonna go to the store? What not? So. If some of your friends, family members deliver, reach out and I would go even as far like don't even ask like, hey, can we bring you something? But almost like pull up and mom will need some time to recover and stuff like that because she just delivered the baby. But that, don't necessarily like bust in and say like, like spend a half a day in the house, but more of like, hey, you guys need some time to recover. But here's a dinner or here's lunch or here's here's something to help you guys. And we're out. It is very helpful. It's like. Yeah, just le- less thing to think uh, to worry about and think about, and you can just focus like on a baby and a recovery, because a lot to figure out first couple of days, stressful, a lot of pressure, but it's exciting. That's and- actually I ke- that's a reoccurring theme. Um, a couple of my brothers had babies and stuff. Um, it's a uh, it's very important if you're doing something nice, you're dropping something off, leave right away. That's that's a big thing um, because the, every, like things are going on in the house that you you're not aware of. If you want to do something nice, it is very appreciated. And people that have kids, they do need it. Two of my brothers, <clears throat> they're both younger than me, and they already have two kids each. And um, the the biggest thing is like don't stay to hang out, just to hang out. Just if you're dropping something off, just drop it off and leave. That's like a big thing, apparently. Yeah, that's a mistake that I made, and I guess I don't know. Thinking that's okay with me sharing it but like i was like yeah dude come over everybody come over and then Nina had to tell me like hey Vasya, i need some space like i just delivered a freaking baby like i need to come down recover a little bit you know get healthy again and stuff like that and i had to understand her be like so he was i had to take the approach where like friends asked to come over and i went like understand to come visit we're like hey we'd love to like of course we'd love to you know friends come over see the baby you know like oh my gosh look how cute she is but then to understand like Hey, give us, you know, a week, give us two weeks, give us some time to kind of just recover, uh, you know, look, establish ourselves, figure this thing out, and then come and hang out with us. So that's something that I had to learn because I think first day I had like 10 people come over and like everybody's hanging out and I had no, and then Nina's like, hey, this is not, well, like, this is not good. So but something that, I guess, yeah, a lot of learning, but very exciting. Uh, I th- yeah, I think I agree with you guys. And I think just any kind of life event too. I know our, my family has had, fair share of funerals and stuff like that and even that you know we bring over some kind of casserole to you know the widow or the widower and it's nice to have community and for us you know our, our whole podcast is we're, we're, we're trying to talk about the russian community and that's i think the russians do pretty well with that the slavic people we we hang on to family and community it's important so yeah it's props to everybody who's doing that it's a yeah. good thing to support each other especially times like this yeah, the good and the bad, kind of like the hard times and the war. Because yeah. I think a lot of times we like we take shots at like Slavic community, like oh, growing, growing up in Slavic community, this sucks or that sucks, and it's like it comes with the fact that we all live so close together, like s- such a knit close community. The world know you know maybe you know gossip or rumors about each other or whatever, but that comes with the fact that you're so close to each other. But that stuff way outweighs. Uh, like the good stuff way outweighs the neg- like the negative aspect of it. Like in the hard times, you know, when like the or death and all of that. I think it does. Well, stay tuned. That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> what do you mean, <laughs> Mario? What's been going on with you, man? You've been kind of quiet. Oh, nothing. I got nothing compared to you guys. My life is is a uh, a sad, dark well, hole. What do you, what do you okay, mean? Well, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean nothing? I uh, you didn't you just didn't you finish all your schooling too? And I there are rumors that you've been. Uh, Maybe perhaps uh, want to pursue your uh, doctorate in something, or yeah, I'm 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 finishing my bachelor's right now, and I'll keep going to school. But that's I don't like to brag about that stuff. That's just school. Um, I but you are planning to get a master's in psychiatry, a doctorate. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I don't mean to brag. I don't like to brag, but <laughs> but 
Anyways, wrapping this up, I have a quote that I really wanted to share. I've saw this pop up several times over the past couple of weeks, and I was just like, man, if there's ever been a more perfect quote for a time, I don't know. This might this has to be in the top three. It's by Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, and he said, "There are decades where nothing happens, and there are weeks where decades happen." And I was like, "Whoa, that's that's pretty." That this guy thought of that in nineteen twenty something. What kind of books are re- are you reading, Mario? War and Peace. Oh, okay. Crime okay. and Punishment. All right, I was I was kind of. Are you you're doing audio books on those? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's here's a little quick plug for Audible. Love oh yeah. Audible. Yeah. And we're not sponsored by Audible. Not but, yet, but but they they'll probably reach out after they, they probably hear will. this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I got Audible a couple months back, and uh, I've always really liked literature and, and books, and I I used to read a ton of books when I was a kid, but now a little bit older. I don't know if it's just our brains are a little bit different now due to due to cell phones and, and just the massive information that's poured at us. But it's a lot harder to read a physical book now for me. Why Why is it harder? I don't know. I think, I mean, part of it is just, I mean, just having, you know, I have an hour of free time. It's like I could do this, I could do that, or I could just sit and read a book. And for me, it's like I really like the audible aspect because you're listening to it and you can still be doing things with your hands. And I like to maximize my time. So I'll wash the dishes, I'll, you know, I'll do some other chores around the house, but I'm, I'm plugged into what I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. Roman's washing the dishes. <laughs> I'm plugged into what I'm listening to, and then when I'm what I'm doing with my hands, it's it's not even, it's not taking up any brain space. So that way, chores don't feel like chores. You know, yeah. cleaning my car or vacuuming or something or whatever task you have to do, it doesn't seem feel like a task because you're actually listening to a yeah. book. And this is just like, oh, I'm I'm listening to a book. But hey, my hands are doing something. So I, for me, I don't know. I just feel like it's maximizing things. I just find it hard to just sit and read a book. But yeah. this way, I still can absorb the material. And I don't yeah. know. For, I really like Audible. For me, the when like doing chores, like so for me, like one of the like relax, uh, relaxing things that I do is like when I come home. So for me, it wouldn't be Audible books. It would be podcasts. But let's say if there's like dishes and let's say, you know, like just put in a 12-hour shift, you know, at the hospital and she came home and she needs rest because she's waking up, you know, at 5 a.m. again. So for me, that would be for with podcasts, headphones in. And you kind of say if it's like a two-hour-long podcast, so you're just kind of like not in a rush because you're already like listening to something. So your brain's being like stimulated. So you're like, wash the dishes, clean everything, whatever. So you kind of almost like double accomplished because you're listening to something. Your brain's like, you know, good and like being stimulated. But at the same time, you're the endorphins of like, accomplishment of like cleaning the whole house and you know like the satisfaction of like you know coming home from work or whatever waking up in the morning and be like oh man the whole house is clean so it's definitely and that's statistically statistically they're saying that's like even why podcasts went like way up in number listening hours and they said for some reason especially with like the whole airpods came out is because people can do just you know airpods in or whatever headphones in and they just do the chores traffic whatever and hours are you know so you could listen to hours and hours of content. So it's definitely worth it. But, yeah, we got carried away from your quote. So that, 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 is, a, that is a good quote. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, sorry, just to finish that off. I think, so like reading a book or even watching the TV, that takes two senses. You need your eyes plugged in and you need your ears. Because if one is not, you'll miss you know, something. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like this, you, your ears are engaged and everything else can be focused on something else. And you're multitasking, I don't know. But I don't know I love Audible podcasts too. But I just I don't know I really like listening to books. I've been going through a lot of books, especially right now, sitting at home a lot. I got um, I got I got to try because for me I'm still big on uh, physical books, and for me it's like part of like I know the effectiveness level of that is like you know like it will take longer for you to read the book than listen to it. But for me, like the accomplishment, I'm almost treating it as like mini trophies. Like once I finish the book, I'm like, okay, I read this book from cover to cover. I want to read another book from cover to cover. And the goal is like I started like buying books new still like maybe like six, seven years ago. And slowly, you know, like $7 here, $10 here. But for me, the goal was the God willing, if I'm like 60, 70, they have like a nice library. But it didn't cost me, you know, I didn't sacrifice my life savings for it to buy it. But it's more like over life, like $10 here, $10 there, like unnoticeable. But over years, you have like a nice set of like library books. So then like I can't really switch to Audible because then my whole library is kind of like, hey, what's the point of all these books? So, True, yeah. Well, but but for me, like reading towards it, like I use it as like slowed, slowed down method of like, you're like, oh, busy, is tr- thinking about this, like 20 different things going on in the brain. For me, when I want to like space out or like kind of like pull all down hold, like I get a book, it's quiet in the room. 
into pen a book and i'm okay i'm not doing social media and i'm just gonna like read a book for like an hour an hour and a half and like it really kind of like slows down and like does something to my brain that i'm like i'm satisfied i'm like man i i learned some new idea and i'll say it might be like not practical right away or whatever but i think just the idea of like ex- exercising your brain by like exposing your brain to different thoughts and ideas that brings like i don't know satisfaction to my brain yeah there's no wrong way to do it i mean as long as you're expanding your horizons it's you're not doing it wrong but yes, like you said, weeks, weeks happen. Yeah, sometimes decades, decades happen in weeks, and of course the whole COVID thing. And I think it is over, over talked and over this. But well, I think let's step back. Let's. Uh, I think since the start of this year, since the start of twenty twenty, I mean, just if you look look through memes, just I love looking at memes and just like January was wild. I don't know. We already forgot January, but January Australia was on fire, like burning down to the ground. Then we were couple steps away from world war three with iran i don't know if everybody forgot about that and just before the new year well uh, remind us for what, what was happening with iran oh gosh it's i'm fine. sorry it could be on the ground oh okay um there's just aggression from the iran iranian troops towards american troops and then a base got bombed oh yeah when and then there's a threat of you know because we killed one of their main dudes yeah, we killed okay so we killed one of their main guys one of their generals, but this was a very hated man. Yeah, I think the whole. But world I think media made it like, oh my gosh, we killed their hero, one of their heroes, or whatever. Yeah, but I think the whole world agreed. There's a consensus that this guy was a terrible guy. He was acts of you know like yeah stuff that was outlawed by every kind of convention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think America had the chance to take him out, and they did. And I'm sure there's more going on behind the scenes than we know. But so then they retaliated by shelling a U.S. base. Yeah. I don't think anybody died. I think there's a few minor injuries, or, or maybe not even that. But then I think a couple of people died. The if whole I remember, right? Maybe, maybe I don't remember. But then the whole world was on edge because the president was saying, "Hey, we're going to retaliate like, yeah, yeah. big time," you know. So everybody was scared, and it was. And this is all. This is all before anyone even because was cause even on the was, radar. Yeah, because now they remind you remind me that there was a whole bunch of those World War Three memes and tweets yeah. and media like. <laughs> Yeah, so fudge, that was that was recent. Yeah, and then so while this was, and then I, I don't know if it was just after the New Year's or just before the New Year, but the president also got impeached. But then he Dang. got, but then they 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 didn't uh, the the Senate or the House yeah. they didn't confirm it, so it technically didn't yeah. happen. But but he was impeached. Yeah, the record will show that he was impeached. He was, but he wasn't removed. He wasn't removed. Yeah, so that happened too, and then. Dang, dude. Yeah, and then we started to hear about things from China that there's some virus over there that's killing people, and and then that became the head story as it started sweeping around the world. And now here we are, a month or two into quarantine. Twenty twenty has been crazy, right? Well, I mean, maybe maybe this virus is like a good thing. Uh, like, okay, wow, well. all, all these <laughs> hot take. <laughs> <laughs> well, all, all these things were swirling around. And then the virus is like, you know what, like reset, like no one's talking about anything else but the virus. And when the virus goes away, everyone's just kind of going to. But, but maybe we would the prefer problems. the World War Three memes rather than actually COVID <laughs> happening. Because <laughs> I don't think World War Three would, you know, was there, there was any like weight behind it. It's more of like Twitter and social media. Well, like, oh, my no, gosh. There was no weight behind World War Two until it happened. It just happened because of someone, some guy in the Eastern Bloc got assassinated. Some people would even say accidentally because it was some miscommunication, but it happened. And World that's War World II? War One. That's World, World War One. Yeah, okay, but thank you. It's just these <laughs> okay, things wow. just had it happen out of out of nowhere. World War Two was okay, uh, but now that like, this COVID thing's happening, so like instead of like overall, you know, af- you know, effect of the COVID, I think uh, one of the effects more specific that that had an impact on is I think the significant impact on is the churches. Because I think we, you know, all of us grew up in church every Sunday, you know, very dedicated day where you get up, you go to church, you, you know, worship, have a good service, you see the friends after, family, rest. So Sunday has been a big day pretty much for all of us our whole lives, which is, you know, two, three decades now. And now that's taken away by like a swipe. And then I guess the idea, like, what are you guys' theories? And it's going to be interesting to listen to after. When we do come back f- from like, and I think, especially in Washington State, it looks like it might be a, a couple months until churches are are allowed to gather in full capacity. Maybe they'll allow by like super small chunks at first or something. But I think especially in our very like democratic, heavy leaning state, I think they're going to post punta for like as long as they can. 
you know, as far as churches gathering, you know, 500,000 people together. How do you think that's affecting people as far as church members? Like once the church comes back, is it going to be thriving more amazing than before? Like people are going to miss it? Or like what I think, like say, or are there going to be people that are going to be like, you know what, this whole church thing wasn't even for me. Like I'm getting used to sleeping in on Sunday, not doing much. Maybe hop online, watch some sermon or something just to maybe, I feel like, almost maybe to get some guilt off. Like, you know, yeah, watch the sermon, you know, or watch something live. But it definitely doesn't have the same effect of it, you know, than going to church and being with other people. So I guess the how is it going to affect the church after it get, goes back to normal? Is that going to benefit the church? Because people are going to be, like, hungry to reunite with people again? Or is it going to affect the church in a negative way because people are going to be like you know what like i don't really care about going back i think in the beginning it's going to benefit the church like er everyone is like starved for like some social um uh, interaction but in the long run the attendance might drop off i think at the beginning it'll be like like a wave of like everybody coming to church like people who skip sundays everyone will just be at church at the beginning it'll be popping and then later after that it'll just be kind of like hitting its uh, stride again to uh, how things were. And then may maybe a little bit after that, people that have been consistent church goers would be like, well, you know, now we have these online things set up. And when like kids are not behaving or when I'm not feeling well, I'll stay home rather than go where in other times, like I would elect to go. So, like, especially, like, some churches didn't even have an online program, so you had to go to church, like our church, and now they do. So I feel like at the beginning it, it was going to be, like, an inrush, and then later it's going to win off. Um, so, th I mean, that, that's what I think. That uh, reminds me, and I, I want to give a shout-out, even, let's say, for us, uh, we're all part of uh, Living Hope Church in Kent, and it's, you know, mostly younger people, we're all younger people, you know, English speaking, you know, technology savvy people. So I think for us wasn't like a big deal, like, you know, figuring out a website or a link where to go on for a live broadcast of the service. But shout out to like older churches, uh, like, you know, older Slavic churches and like older pastors, how quickly they ad adapted to all of this. Like homies are putting out content like every day, some encouraging word and, you know, some video, different guys and how quickly they adapted to this whole technology side of it. I thought that's like respectable from going, you know, like, because they grew up, you know, with pretty much no technology to going very, almost immediately from very minimal technology to full on all things online. And I think props for, for older generation to uh, for adapting to all of this. But yeah, but like Roman said, like, I wonder if people are going to be more okay with, now that we're used to being at home on Sundays, I wonder if that's going to be, you know, less and less of a deal of like, oh, Sunday church, like, oh, it's cool. Like, I'll stay at home. It's not that big of a deal to stay at home. Because I think for most people or for a lot of people that go to church on Sunday regularly, staying home on Sunday during church time would be more of like, hey, if you can go, why not go? But what are your thoughts? I think I agree with Roman. I think initially once things kind of start opening back up, you know, people say absence makes the heart grow fonder. I think being away from something for a while, you know, if you're away from your wife, uh, you know, for an extended amount of time, you forget about all, like, the bad imperfections. You're just like, I just want to see her, you know. People are, and I think all across with this quarantine, I think everyone's going to be like, dude, Applebee's, bro, let's go to Applebee's. Dude, that's going to be dope. I'll go sit in a burger. Yo, take dude. me to Wasabi right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think people will appreciate, I think this will have a pretty big effect. I think people will appreciate social contact a little bit more. I think people will... You know, things like going to church, going out with friends, just being able to go out in public and do things freely. I think people will appreciate that. But like with all things, you know, we take things for granted very quickly. So very I think that will, that will wear off fairly quickly. Um, and as far as all the online stuff, I don't know. I think that's just the natural pace of, of, of change. I think technology is, has always been headed that way. And, and I think the church has to also adapt, you know, because, you know, eventually 
it will have to go that way. It will have to become more. And it seems like this kind of sped up the process. Maybe and, that yeah. it would take right. five, ten years for it to get that much online kind of activity. Now, kind Another of, quote. they had to do it in two weeks. Necessity is the mother of invention. Dang. So I think you know when you when it's necessary, you, there's no there's no you know roadblocks. You get what you need to get done. And so I feel like that's where we are. A lot of things changed. I think the whole the, I think the whole. Our lives will be very different. I think the service industry will be very different because delivery dude. has become such a big thing. I think yeah. dining in is going to become different. I think there's going to be new rules set in place after this is over that might stay with us for years about you know how far the tables are, how you know how many groups of people Dang. and things like that. And I'm sure that there's places in the world already. I mean, I'm sure if you go to a place like Hong Kong or Beijing where there's millions of people crammed in a small place mm-hmm. and there's always the threat of, you know, an outbreak of either the flu or some kind of virus or, you know, um, I think they already have these kind of things intact. But we here in America never have because this is the first time in nearly 100 years that we've experienced something like this. So I think this will change things, I think, for the better. I think maybe it might not be. Why for the better? Like in what way? Just, I, uh, I think, safer and I think just but I think th- people can be more paranoid about each other. Let's say you go to the restaurant and then some guy sneezes next to you. Before you'd be like, "Oh, that's kind of nasty." But now you like are people going to be like, "Oh, dang, I hope he doesn't have anything infectious." Sure, yeah, but I mean, but that for was, a minute, for a it, minute, yeah. It wears off. If but will but will it? That, that's it, that's, it that's, will, the, that's I, the big question because let's say like 9/11, like the whole like TSA security and all that stuff, like the whole like air travel was shifted in like a significant way after 9/11. And it yeah. never never went back to quote-unquote normal and right now they're talking about loosening up the tsa checkups and all that stuff but that's you know decade later two decades now and they're only talking about the idea of like loosening up tsa but it was because of one event and air travel was in a way forever changed yeah but 9-11 uh was very like first for united states but plagues always happen and we just like uh plagues is just a constant battle with human um human uh uh, existence and um, we have changed a lot like hygiene washing our hands we've been changed forever from different plagues from different uh, different outbreaks already and I think that's just going to continue yeah we're going to stay away from each other for a little bit but uh, but um, but now but now I think I feel like that um, um it's just one of those things that like we've been battling for plagues for a while we'll skip this keep distance for a while and then i feel like we'll just bounce back but things that like like 9-11 terrorism happened and we had to take precautions but precautions from sicknesses and plagues we've taken a long time ago washing our hands hygiene uh, taking showers like a long time ago people did not take showers every other day or every day or washing their hands as often but now we do because of continuous things this is just I think I, I'm I'm thinking that we'll hit this in stride and because we already have implemented hygiene things for a very long time because of different kind of plagues that we've experienced. We'll just take this in stride. We will we will like look around and give dirty looks to people who cough or sneeze for a little bit, but I think everything's gonna go back to normal. But going back to what Mario said to where I think society will change for the better is commutes and working from home. I'm kind of hoping that a lot of be a big one. Yeah. I'm really hoping it will because I have to travel to Seattle and it's not a pleasant travel from uh, uh, federal way Tacoma area um, to Seattle and back. And I'm hoping a lot of people who work in a office setting have good setups now have worked out the kinks to working from home and hoping a lot of more people can work from home to where people like me that work with their hands would have an easier time of getting in and out of a metropolitan area. I yeah, wonder how like office space rental is going to be affected after this because I think it was someone who tweet said, so now we know for sure that all those meetings could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> so like that shows you like all the work that is being done from home now. And I think totally even with work, like people are like, man, now you see that like at home you could get all the work done in two, three hours that you're in office st- is stuck for eight, 10 hours plus traffic plus commute. But once you get it done, if you just, like lock yourself in the room because the kids or whatever bothering you, you could knock it out. Kind of like the emails, the whatever schedule stuff within two, three hours. But if you're in the office, you spend eight, 10 hours kind of like going back and forth, d- doing exact same, you know, amount of work in a way. So yeah, I think, I think things are definitely gonna, I think all of this just sped up the process of like, technology remote when it comes to work to church 
Um, I wonder how restaurants are going to be affected by this. I think restaurants that write it out, write this out somehow. I think they're definitely going to have like a big boom after this because people are going to definitely want to, you know, spend time in, you know, dining together, spending drinks, all that stuff, uh, spending time together. And so they're definitely going to experience a boom. And I think it, it should, la- uh, should last because people are going to find it as like a meaningful thing. I think right now for people to get together and have like a good meal and laugh together and all that stuff, people will find a lot of meaning and joy in, in that. So I think, yeah, I think things are going to change. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we don't forget this and we appreciate it for, you know, for years to come of, like, hanging out together, community, sitting, things are, as going to Sunday morning church together, going to a restaurant together, going to and have, like, a, you know, volleyball game in a park together that we don't take it for granted. I'd be like, man, this is an awesome thing to have in life and appreciate it, all those things. Or even things, oh, my bad, even things like going to your parents' house. I think a lot of us, that didn't take us seriously. We're still okay with like seeing younger, you know, hanging out with younger people, with friends, you know, some of us. But I think most of us were careful with going to parents' house, especially grandparents' house. And like, it's nice to go to parents' house and like sit down and have, you know, good conversation with them and spend time with parents, grandparents that we are not able to do during COVID. Yeah, I think this is, this is just one event in a long line of big historical events where that it forces the human race to to change to you know to adapt um things you know like a world war or or the black plague you know the world was very different afterwards um cuz things change there's there people get desperate you need to make changes you need to make you know you need to adapt to survive and granted that um oh I just want to share one quick thing. I, I always thought this was super cool. And I, thought, it just I, I, I thought you were going to say another quote, which I'm like, nice. It's not a quote, but it's from a book. Um, just to kind of put, <clears throat> put in perspective how these kind of events can can usher in major change. So uh, World War One, for example. So prior to World War One, before the war ever even started, um, this book I was reading, the author, he, he kind of made this comparison that so World War One started like in 1916, around there sometime. So he said you can take from from 1916, and you can go back like probably 500 years, maybe even up to a thousand years, and you could pull any major army from any t- time during that you know 500,000 years, and they would be pr- relatively equally matched. So you can get an army from 1910 and an army from you know 1710. Mario, I think we read the same book. Yeah, we did. It is that book. Which one? Uh, Dan Carlin's book. All the, the end, end is, is always al- near. Yeah, the end is always near. Highly recommend. Really good read. Anyways, but, but if you did not, but if you want to do either, if not the book, then the it's har- on, it's on hardcore book. history podcast by Dan Carlin is really that's really his, good. Yeah, that's his podcast. But he wrote a book finally, and it's an excellent yeah. book. Anyways, yeah, I, I know what the point you're getting to. Go ahead. But yeah, so he was saying basically for for a very long time, because um, the progression in in weapons technology was so slow. Because there wasn't really a need for it, so it was such a slow progression that you can take an army, if, you know, from Revolutionary America in the 1700s to 1910, and those armies would be relatively equally matched. But then he said World War II lasted for a short period, less than 10 years, mm-hmm. um, and by the end of that, I mean it was even less than that. I think it was like five, six years. Yeah, well, yeah, the the span of World War One, and then the span of World War Two, and and then right after those those three little, yeah. But, but even just World War One, yeah. without even talking about World War One, armies from before World War One, and armies from right after World War One were so different that you can you know match up one post World War army versus ten, fifteen pre World War armies, and they would be mm-hmm. obliterated because the technology was forced to advance so fast because it was, it was such a I mean just because of the conflict and there's such a big desperation for new innovations. And it forced people to innovate. It forced people to create new things and to make changes. And the world was different after World War One, but then quickly, right after that, we went into World War Two, and even more so. And so, in a span of, I mean, from 1910, 10, well, let's say 1915 to 1945, that's a 30-year span. There was more change in weapons technology in that 30-year span than there was for like the thousands of years prior to and that's because there was a need for it there's necessity mm-hmm. and that's the same place where we are now where you know we haven't had a big global pandemic like this in a very very long time and then we have to adapt to it but and before you start saying things like oh we're going to appreciate this when this is over we still don't know when this thing is going to end i think uh there's a false sense of hope right now that's kind of being breeded because the numbers are looking like they're going down which they are 
but um, just from my experience, just talking with really smart people that I work with who know a lot more about this than I mean than anyone. There's still very, very little that we know about this virus. Uh, coronaviruses are very little. They have not been studied very much because there's never been a big incident. There were SARS and there's MERS, but those are two very isolated outbreaks, and they were they were they were so deadly that they didn't get the chance to spread. That's kind of like uh, for a virus, it's it's bad for a virus to be super deadly because you'll kill your host before the host can spread, you know, to other mm-hmm. people. And that's what happened with SARS and MERS. It was very deadly. I mean, the mortality rates were like upwards of 20%. So it was very deadly, and it went away, and so it hasn't very been much studied. And now we have this new strain, um, and we still really don't know much about it. We don't know if it's going to be coming back every year. We don't know how many waves there's going to be. If this is, you know, It's, it's definitely not going to be one and done. There's going to be at least a second wave, a third wave. Who knows? We don't know if, there's, if it's going to become a yearly thing like the flu, uh, we still don't know for sure if if you get the virus and you get it better, mm-hmm. if you're immune to it or if you're not. We still don't know that. We still don't know if you can get infected 10 times with the same virus. There's still very little that we know. And right now, a lot of the resources are being put towards saving lives. So it's still going to be years before we really get good research and you know evidence and to kind of learn this thing and be able to control it. So I know it's it's it, I mean the, the the news is good. There's less people dying. This, this the spread seems to be slowing down. The measures that we're taking are working, but keep in mind this is not a one quick battle. This is a war where there's going to be many battles, and and you know you win the first battle. There's, a, there's another quote I said you, you won the battle, but you lost the war. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, that's that's my personal kind of um, fear, and not that I really care. Okay, but, but let's say you work in an emergency room. Uh, in a hospital, how bad is the, let's say, COVID? Because let's say there are different theories on that. Like, it's super bad. And like, dude, it's, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. Like, some people take the whole extreme of like, this is fake. Let's say you're in the hospital. Like, you, do you see the patients? Is a more of a theory that sometimes in the future the patients are going to come? Let's say you're in a hospital. Use kind of like you're the first phase, the, let's say, the C's. Let's say people come into the emergency room. What's your, from like emergency room point of view, what's your, let's say, thoughts of COVID, the seri- seriousness of COVID, and I guess all things that have to do with that? Just my point of view that's not like representative of any data or any organization or anything. Just things that I've seen in my own opinions is this thing is definitely real. I've seen, we've seen lots of people come in with it. I've seen people die from it very quickly. Um, right before me you know it's not like something else killed them they they came in they're very sick we test them they're positive and within a matter of hours they're dead and we're put, taking them to the morgue um it's real uh how scary is it um it's but let's say oh my bad but let's say but with those people that came into emergency room if they had regular flu is it possible that they would would have died from a regular flu anyways because they were already in a horrible let's say health condition and but let's say they got COVID, but if they got a regular flu, because it's, you know, it's January and they got flu, would it, let's Th- say, what's hard, the difference? That's hard to say, but it's very rare for young people below the age of 50 who, to die from the flu. It's very, very rare. Most people who die from the flu are 80 plus. They get pneumonia, and then they, that's how they succumb to it. But I've seen with my own eyes people in their, not 30s, but people in their 40s, people in their 50s, people in 60s. All the way, I mean, all the way up, and they come in, and they're, and not even all these people are very sick. Some of them are healthy with no medical history, mm-hmm. and this virus does weird things in your body. We're st- that's the other thing we still don't know how we're how, fi- we're finding. How old was it. Anna's? Because uh, Anna works at a different hospital. How old was her d- uh, doctor? Because he he was well, like on life support, right? on ventilator. He was in his forties, and he was on a ventilator for a while. He did have asthma, which did contribute to it, but he was on a ventilator. He made it. He survived. Um, probably because he is younger and he was able to kind of, you know, fight it better. But, um, but, but yeah, because the idea is, let's say, even though he has asthma, but let's say I'm sure he had flu before and he probably didn't have to be put on a ventilator because he, he caught a flu, let's say, two years ago, even though he still had the same asthma. But now that he got COVID, he had to be on a, on a ventilator and pretty much life support because he got COVID instead of the flu. I mean, I can't speak to that, but probably. Um, but... This, like I was saying, this virus, it's, it, at first they thought it's just in the lungs. They said, oh, it's in the lungs. Um, 
what it does in the lungs is it is it uh, it creates a pneumonia in the lungs. And a normal pneumonia is a bacterial pneumonia where you get bacteria in your lungs and you're colonized with bacteria and you get fluid and, and lots of other gunky stuff in your lungs and it's and it makes it harder for you to breathe. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of older people die because their lungs can't, you know, perfuse enough oxygen into their body so they die f- from a lack of oxygen. This is not bacterial. This is viral. Um, and it just collects fluids. It takes fluid from other parts of your body, and it puts it into your lungs, and your lungs are full of fluid, and you can't breathe. Um, and that's how people are dying. But now, I mean, this is not new news. We've known this for a little bit now, but they're starting to find this thing in the heart. They're starting to find the virus in the, in the liver, in the kidneys. They're, they're finding the virus in all tissues. I mean, not maybe not all tissues, but they're finding this tissue or this virus, this virus in many tissues in our body, which they did not expect, that they did not think that that it would go there. There, there's starting to be some evidence to point that this virus can get into your brain and, and cause people to be, you know, confused to 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 like to to lose your neurological function. Um, so that is scary. Cause, and there's been a lot of cases now uh, that people who will get this virus, they will they'll be intubated and then they'll come back. They'll have the recovery mm-hmm. and then everything is good. You're like, oh great, you beat it. But then. Very like within twelve to twenty four hours after you you know you get taken off a ventilator after you're breathing on your own, they suddenly have these massive heart attacks and they die, and because they get this really their heart is put under so much stress while they're on the ventilator, um, once all that load is lifted and their heart just kind of collapses like very shortly after. So, um, there this virus is scary, um, but the good news is it does have a low mortality rate. The it's very contagious, but it's not very deadly, which is good for us and it's good for the virus because the virus can spread more if the virus is very deadly it wouldn't be able to spread very much but it would kill more of its hosts um which is bad for us and the virus i suppose so that's that's a good virus is not one that's very deadly a good virus is one that's very contagious because a virus is and by good do you mean like effective virus kind of like effective it's hard yes to like yes I mean, I'm talking from like good, a bio- good at doing its job what yes. virus supposed yes. to do from like a biological point that like a good virus you know, if I, let's say I'm a, I am a virus <laughs> and I infect somebody and I kill them within 24 hours, that virus is now going to probably die because that person's dead. It will stop at, with that person. Yeah, it will stop there. The buck stops there. But if I'm not deadly, but I'm very contagious, I can infect hundreds, thousands, millions of people. And some of them will die, of course, but the virus lives on. And that's but now that it spreads so widely, even with a low mortality rate, it will still, you know, has a chance of killing you know, potentially a lot of people because he has a affected, affected, infected su- such a large pool of people that even, let's say, 1% of that is already a big chunk of people that you, sure, you know, not, sure. not good. Even, you know, a small percentage of, of millions of people is not, is a bad news for the, the 1% to die. Right. That potentially would have, even in their, in their weak health, because I think one of the arguments is, all oh, those people had bad health. Uh, that's why they died. And it's like, Yes, but I think what I was talking to one of the guys is, let's say if I'm driving and let's say the person's driving and they had really bad heart and the person gets in a car accident and they die, let's say out of, from a heart attack because the accident was so severe. And it's like, oh, they had bad heart. That's why they died. And it's like, yeah, they had a bad heart. But if they never got in a car accident, they would have, they would maybe would have lived for years and years. So same thing with COVID. They they got it. Let's say yes. Let's you know, an older person. The health was you know going down. But if they this COVID thing wasn't happening, and if they got like a regular flu, they could have been you know just fine. You know, maybe not all of them. But now that they got COVID, and it's like they have you know, especially if you're older and your health is weaker, you have a high much higher chance of dying now. So if the COVID, let's say, didn't exist at all, and then a lot of these people would have been still living today. That is all true, and I don't want to discount that, but. There is definitely people who are not sick, who are healthy people in the prime of their life, in their 40s and their 50s, who are also dying um, just because from how this virus operates. It, 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 just can, it can do some random things. It, we, we, had a, um, we had a person come in. They were young. They were under the age of 50, and they, were, they walked in absolutely fine. They weren't even short of breath, um, but they just felt not right. And they came in, and within several hours, they were dead. They had a massive clot that formed in their lungs, and they died. And, it, and they come back to be positive for this virus. And I'm willing to bet money that if he didn't have the virus, he'd still be alive. You know, it's that kind of thing. So 
Good news is that we're getting kind of deep here. I don't want to. Yeah, Mario, Mario, you're starting to scare me now. No, but it's good because no, no. it's informative. Okay, so but okay, this is a good segue because let's say you're you're a nurse, you're you know got your degree, you science oriented, especially when it comes to you know this kind of stuff. What about the people? And I think we've all seen it on social media. I have a couple of my friends that I talk to on a regular basis, and it's not just one person; it's you know multiple people. When it comes to COVID is fake, it's government, it's whole world order or one world order or whatever, Bill Gates, ID2020, 5G is causing, and everything above and beyond. Why do you think that like that stuff thrives in the community and with people? And not just like, uh, at first I was thinking like, oh, older people, you know, they're Maybe they're less, let's say they're very wise people when it comes to life and, you know, raising your family and, you know, raising kids. But maybe they're just not like as read up on science and all that stuff and technology and they could be more paranoid when it comes to that. But for me, what was very surprising is the chunk of younger people that grew up, you know, with, with the technology, they're super paranoid, super, like, I guess we can call it, you know, conspiracy theory, leaning heavily of like... This is a scam. This is a fake. Bill Gates is a scam. All, all this stuff. I think we know, you know, what we're talking about. Uh, and some of these guys and girls, they straight denied, like, yo, COVID is straight up made up. Because I was trying to talk to them, like, yo, are you saying it's just not as bad as, you know, media makes it to be? Maybe it's not as scary. And the homeboys would be like, nope, it, it doesn't exist. It's straight made up. The test results pretty much like at random you go get tested and they're like oh, positive positive negative positive 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 that's kind of the thing and what why do you think that the younger people let's say believe that and take it you know as as the truth and uh, all of this is fake and like how do you get to the point to believe that the whole world is being lied to but this you know small chunk of people feel like they have the truth um, I don't know. I don't like to fight with people who believe those kinds of things. I think it's not like beneficial for anybody. I think some people just aren't as, I don't want to say educated. I don't want to make these people sound dumb, but some people just aren't, don't have a higher level of education. Some people don't believe in certain things that are beyond their comprehension. You know, like just cause I don't understand how nuclear bombs work doesn't mean I can stop believing in one because you better believe that if, if one gets dropped, it's going to be very real to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I don't know, you know, I think humans are not naturally are very, we have lots of doubts about things. And I think, for example, like, let's say you were the first person to ever have a doubt about anything. You know, it's, we live in some kind of perfect world and everybody just believes everything they see for face value. And then one day you just get this thought and you're like, well, what if it's not true? You know, like, and you start having these doubts and then as soon as one of your doubts is confirmed to be true, which eventually it will be, that's just a, a kind of the, bro- the broken uh, clock is twi- is right twice yeah. a day. But eventually one of your doubts is going to be correct. And you're going to be like, oh, see, I knew, I knew that that wasn't true. And then that's going to make you look for other doubts that, you know, to, to find other doubts that you have that are true. And while there are all, you know, there will always be, con- you know, like you said, a broken clock is right twice a day. There will always be a conspiracy to theory that is correct, that is true, or at least partially um, but I feel like because one gets validated, it gives hope that the other ones are also true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just our human nature. I think there's nothing you can do about that. You can't change people's minds. Um, I think sometimes just, you know, you can't, you can't tell a dog that it's a dog. Cause the dog doesn't know that it's a dog, but the dog is a dog. Okay. Well, okay all right. Yeah. 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 Got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like sometimes you can't, you, like you can't tell the person that they're, you can't tell a dog that they are a dog because they don't understand that they are a dog because the dog doesn't understand that. And sometimes these people, you can't, you can't tell them something that they just don't understand because it, they, they just don't and but they I'm, will refuse But I'm to. entertained by talking to them just to like try to understand their like thought process when it comes to all these things. Because I'm like, you know, they're like legitimate dudes. It's not like they're like some weird guys, you know, like, you know, somewhere in a basement, you know, antisocial um and then uh but there's like dudes that you know have families have jobs you know social people have friends and all those things and uh, yeah it's interesting to see like the yeah and but the thing is like it's not like one or two guys 
there's like a big chunk of people like you hop on social medias and you know there'll be you know older people younger people um it's uh, so v- yeah it's it's interesting like yeah for for me i was like not entertained but intrigued by like the how much how many people are kind of like you know in a way you people believe have the believe right in this. to believe what they want to believe that is not our problem and our place to tell them what's right and what's wrong and what they have to believe if you don't want to believe something, you, nobody can make you believe it, and that's okay. You're entitled to your beliefs. You're entitled to your own thoughts. Maybe, and everybody at some point in their life has had a belief about something, and it has and it was changed because you 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 discovered something, you, you learned something new, you were enlightened or something, and, and your perception of something changed, and and that happens, and that's okay, and everyone experiences that. But some people believe certain things. And I mean, I feel like we're we're down talking to people who believe in these conspiracy theories, which I feel like we shouldn't because they have the right to believe in that stuff. But I feel like we're taking it like a yeah. No, uh, for me, it was more, more I'm more entertained by it, and a better word, I think, intrigued by it. Like, how do you come to that point? You know, kind of like because let's say in general, because I think once you you know go go that rabbit hole, there's like you know what what let's say what can this let's say the the people not believe let's say like oh by the way did you know the government you know does this because i believe uh, i think it was yuris that you can he posted like a sarcastic post of like hey guys 5g is half the problem the real problem is 6g and when 6g comes like that's the real problem and i don't know how many like shares they had but some people that were sharing the post were the same people that were sharing like 5g is gonna kill us all type of posts and then you repost like a sarcastic post, like five Gs have the problem. We gotta be really afraid of six G. And the same people were sharing that post, you know, in a way almost like endorsing you, like, yeah, guys, we better like watch out for six G because we're gonna be really screwed once six G hits us. But eventually, like ten or eleven G is gonna actually be found to be harmful, and that validates all the other ones, you know? Yeah, and uh, I I think that uh, like. The word conspiracy theory is an interesting word. Uh, the word conspiracy theory is an interesting word because I feel like anything that we're being told, I think we should challenge it. But um, everything that we challenge, and if we come to our own conclusion, and if we try to push that conclusion on somebody else, if we try to push something on somebody else, we should have a, like a basis or a foundation for it, some facts, not something we heard some pundit say on the radio or just take someone's word for it. I feel like a, uh, like maybe maybe a conspiracy theory is a really ugly word, but um, people who are quote-unquote conspiracy theorists, I mean, it's it, yeah, it's not our place to disprove them because challenge, challenging what people tell us is the truth is, you know, is a the right way to go and the right thing to do. But I feel like um, unless you have some con- concrete evidence, it's not the best thing the pushing pushing it on other people is not the best pushing your opinion on other people is not the best thing to do and i don't care if you tell me it's truth or not but if you don't have any basis for it, it's, it is your opinion but i feel like yeah, as no, humans for, we should challenge yeah, it no for me it's like i said like all the people share stuff post stuff on social medias and stuff like that for me it was more of like yeah i was intrigued by like their like the brain process and like thought process of like oh this is how you know, they come to believe and like, or like think the, the things that they think and stuff like that. So always like interesting for me to like even have conversations with people to like, kind of like, oh, I see how you have come to, you know, to this point of view or whatever. That's, so I thought it's interesting because with this whole COVID and yeah, it was like a lot of different random, you know, theories and all that stuff going on. Like, oh my God, this is what's happening. And, you know, maybe some of it is happening, but you know, it's out of our control. At the end of the day, I was having a conversation with somebody, and they were, you know, talking about, oh, the, the Russia created this thing. Mm-hmm. And they, it's a weapon of war, and you know, and all this stuff. And it's, it's like, look, you can believe whatever you want, but at the end of the day, there is something that's going around and killing people, and it can get a lot, lot worse. Believe me on that. I mean, the worldwide numbers right now, I think, if whatever source you follow, that maybe there's around three thousand, three million people that have tested positive worldwide, mm-hmm. and. Even if you double or triple that and number. And still with people not being able to get tested. Let's right. say I have, I have friends that went to the hospital and they're like, yo, I'm not feeling good. Like I have can't, you know, lost my sense of uh, smell. I have like, you know, 
um, my body's achy. And they're like, oh, you look pretty okay. We don't have tests available right now. And they like, sure. got sent home. So imagine if all the, those people got That's, tested. So, yeah. So l- let's say 3 million that have been tested. And even if you multiply that number by 5, if even if we have 15 million people worldwide that do have this virus, 15 million out of 7 billion is a very, very small number. And the potential that this virus has, the like potential people that it can still infect and possibly reinfect is still tremendous. So I just, I urge everybody to just be cautious. You might not believe in this thing, but there's something going around and, kill, and it's killing people. It's getting people sick and it absolutely can get a hundred times worse. It can get a thousand times worse. It, it can, it can get to really bad levels if there's no vaccine and if there, if this thing mutates, that's the shout out Bill Gates. That's the other very, <laughs> That's the other very scary word is if, the, if this virus mutates and now all of a sudden it's not just affecting your lungs. It starts affecting your brain or your blood or something. Okay, now you're being too scary. Well, I just want people to kind of be aware that it's not scary right now. How do we know that you're not brainwashed by your nursing degree in university? I could be. Dang. What if you were wrong all along? I could be. Fudge. And I, 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 I am aware that I could be wrong, but, you know, there's things that we can tell that prove like you i can you can show me a patient and you could not tell me anything about them just show me some of their lab work and x-ray and some vitals and i can i think i can with 80 percent accuracy tell the if they have the coronavirus or not Mm. without the corona test you know so just everybody be aware even i like this thing is not over yet uh once the quarantine starts to open back up just still i I would urge people to be cautious because there will be a second spring a second wave in the fall of this year and possibly a third wave in the spring of next year. So just everybody be aware that this is not over yet. It's not going to end quickly. It's not going to be like like I think Jay Inslee said. It's, it's not going to be like a flip of a switch. It's going to be a very gradual change. And I think whether but it's Jay one... Inslee, but Jay Inslee is a Democrat, so why should we listen to him? He's still a human, <laughs> isn't he? I'm kidding. Um, I think whether it's one year, two years, a couple months, five years, we're going to come out of this eventually. And uh, I think humanity will be better for it. Yeah, but time flies. Was we're hitting wow. an hour now. Oh wow! But no, but for me, even this whole you know spending more time at home and stuff, something that I've been thinking about is you know especially with the baby and everything is focusing you know spending th- this time and kind of I think people talk about it like oh reevaluating what's important in life, but I think it is. It is. It's cliche because it is. I think a lot of people are thinking about it. Is you know to really understand the things that are important for me you know now i know like hey my wife my kid my friends my parents my relatives the church like these things are important like other people relationships you know my health these things are important and i want to get better at it let's say so my goal you know long term is like i want to live a meaningful life i don't want to waste my life and this kind of gave me a chance to think about like what are the things that are meaningful that you know help me you know in the long term to focus on and like double down on like relation you know being you know a good husband being a good father being a good son a good friend a good church member all those things that these like I think we're now we are realizing that these these things are important in our life they're like the most important in our life to you know coming out of this let's prepare now kind of like sharpen our axes now get better uh, focusing things that are important so. We, I don't know, something that I've been thinking about, to live a meaningful life by doubling down on things that are important in my life now and that I don't get distracted with, That's true. Yeah, regardless of what virus or what happens, our life here on Earth is really short regardless if it's 20 years, 30 years. Even if you live to 80 years, people will still tell you that I've lived a, Mm -hmm. I wish I had more time. Life is short, you know. So it's always good to, you know, to look around you and, and take stock of your life and what's important to you, what's valuable to you throw away the things are not val- that are not valuable the people yeah. who are not valuable and just try, just be happy you know whether you're making a million bucks a year or you're making you know a solid 30k a year eight just do what makes you happy spend the time with people you love that make you happy that appreciate you um life's too short to do it any other way um yeah no i think yeah that's are something you, are like, you trying to wrap up or are we still going yeah no i think we're gonna wrap up but yeah like for me yeah definitely the big that i'm still kind of figuring out it's still like foggy for me that for me, like, kind of I'm trying to, for my own life, like, what does it mean, you know, to live a meaningful life? And kind of, like, these things are important. Okay, I'm going to focus on these and knowing that, let's say, God willing, in a decade, in two and three, I'll be happy that I focus on those meaningful things that made my life meaningful rather than pursue random pursuits that are, like, 
aimless or pointless or meaningless that you look back 20 years later and be like, dang, I wasted 20 years chasing pointless stuff and you didn't focus on things that are important. But yeah, let's wrap it up. And Should we have like a last segment to cheer things up a little? <laughs> focus on things that are meaningful and, you know, come out of this COVID stuff and quarantine stuff. Remember? Any ideas? Living life better after than you were before or like focusing on things that are more important or more meaningful than, you know, before maybe COVID. Where like, I think big focus was on like financial and financial success and all that stuff. And, you know, that stuff is good. You know, growing your business, growing your career is important, you know, fulfilling to a certain degree. But there are more important things as well. I, d- I do have something cheer. Well, not cheerful. Maybe I don't know. Inspirational maybe before we go. Um, I was talking to some guys at work and we got uh, all of us got uh, furloughed for a little bit. And um, we're talking about what we're going to do with this time off. And um, I would just encourage all of you instead of like watching Netflix or playing video games. Some of my friends said they were going to do that. And we were talking about how maybe like take on a project, learn something new, take this time to better yourself maybe or get closer with your family hang out hang out with your kids or or learn to do something uh, create a project do something and just encourage you guys to do something learn something better yourself instead of just wasting that time um you know just watching tv and me, not doing me and nick were talking about that work you know i think it'd be a good idea if every year for like two weeks the whole world just gets shut down and like everybody's aware of this, you plan ahead accordingly. But for two weeks, everything is shut down. The restaurants are closed, the parks are closed, and you have to just stay home and like spend time with your family. Yeah. You know, like a like a mandatory family time kind of thing. I think that that'd be a good thing. I think people might not like it at first, but these past couple of weeks, I I think it's nice. Yeah, I think that people realize life, life has slowed down. I think it's especially so like Western world, we're so like the worldview is like you got to go get it, go get it. You know, like bigger stronger faster better and i think this is kind of helping it more and more realize like hey there's you know a hundred thousand two hundred doesn't make that much of a big of a difference but let's say yeah so yeah i think the quality of life the meaning meaning of life and all that stuff i think definitely is being realized more and more and hopefully people you know don't waste this time but i guess time to you know if even if you don't learn a new habit or create some amazing art, but at least spend time thinking about like I don't know, like worldview of life and like what's important to you and kind of maybe shift your trajectory of life. Then you know, God willing, in ten, twenty years, you're like, man, I'm because of what happened during COVID. This is what I focused on instead of something you know meaningless. And you you know, a lot more you know, life's gonna be lived a lot more better, a lot more deeper, with more meaning. But yeah, no, see you guys on the other side. The goal is to do this every week. Uh, so every time, I think, uh, Sunday at midnight, you, uh, the episode will get posted. Uh, but yeah, if you're still here, uh, thank you. And again, we're starting up again. The goal is to do it every week. So if you can, you know, throw a screenshot up on uh, Instagrams and Facebooks and all those things, it'd be nice. Um, definitely nice to see people, you know, very few, but people like messaging about it and asking. It's it's still nice. I mean, we're we're still people at the end of the day, but yeah. So yeah, if, if, and if you're still listening, all the way here to the end, we want to let you know that we are looking for some people to come on board to kind of be like a, not a guest audience, but to kind of interact with us. And because uh, not all our schedules are obviously not perfect, and sometimes one of us can't make it. So to have some fill-ins, if you think that. You know, you got some interesting things to say, and, mm-hmm. and you're, you're good. Talking. More of a guest, yeah, kind yeah. Like, be, as a, as like a, bench, play, bench, play, yeah, bench player, where like yeah. you got to get called in, like, yeah, you want to hop on an episode or whatever. Because yeah, I can't make it every week. You can't yeah. make it every week. So and then, or, or also, if not, let's say like, a, like you know, I don't know, bench player is a good, good word. But also, if you know somebody that water boy, because no, like, no, I'm thinking uh, now, bro, the opposite. The other way, more of like important folks that like, man, it would be cool to have them on and really talk to them. Mm. Uh, we're like, we're, you know, in talks with some pastors and stuff to come on and, and whatnot. So if you like, if you know somebody that's like, man, like you guys have to have this guy on and really talk to him about whatever it may be. It would be church, religion, faith, politics. Maybe they just have an interesting Vaccines, life. conspiracy Finance. theories, whatever. Then definitely, you know, give us a shout and... Thank you for being with us. Adios.